what a hex is, this is like really spiritual right now. A hex is a word curse. So when you speak something over your child, oh, my kid is such a terror. Oh, he's just, you know, a hell child. Oh, he's just a devil incarnate. Oh, you know, you know, when we speak these things, oh, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Why don't you act like your brother? Why aren't you more like your sister? When we speak these things, it's actually marking our children. It's actually marking the people around us. These things are what are called word curses or hexes. So they actually, in the spirit realm, for those who practice black and white magic and those who are, you know, spiritual, they know that actually when you speak a curse, it actually has power attached to it. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by change makers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I'm your host, Lucas Grobot, and today I'm your guest again. This episode comes from the Yield podcast by Brooke Speaking, Brooke Payne, and she really, again, asks great questions. As you can tell from this preview clip that I played, we get really spiritual. I mean, we go off the deep end as far as spirituality goes and really opens um, a window, again, into things that I just, I never get the opportunity to talk about when it's just you and me. For some reason, when I'm getting interviewed, these things get pulled out like crazy. And this episode, man, we get we get in deep as far as spirituality, superstition, hexes, curses, word curses, um, and what we can do to not be a part of that system and actually get out of that trap, get out of that prison that so many of us find ourselves in that bound in fear from these uh, from from the spiritual realm. That's very real, very real. So please enjoy this episode of Own the Future and to all my friends here in the Khlij, Ramavan Karim. Hey, this is Brooke speaking and welcome to the Yield podcast. We're discussing the art of building true wealth and most importantly, about how a yielded heart is the foundation that makes pursuing any purpose worthwhile. It's the, it's, you know, what makes a story great and what makes people great. And the thing, you know, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Blue like jazz. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Donald Miller, Donald Miller, you know, talks about there's, he, he stole it from this, from this book, amazing book by Robert McKee. If you can see it, story, story is an incredible book. And it talks about the structure of story. How, how does a story work? And the, the macro structure of a story is this. There's a character who has a problem. So if there is no problem, there's a character who has a problem who meets a guy who gets a call to action who could fail or succeed. They take action and then they take action and then they don't succeed and they have to take a bigger action and a bigger action, a bigger action, cascadingly to finally, either whether you're in a tragedy or you're in a uh, comedy, I guess. Um, <laughs> succeed and reach your goal, right? So, but the thing is, it's, it is in the challenge, the problem, it's in the hardship that that is actually a door into our destiny. And so many people do not view life that way. It, it, is, it is the struggle that opens a door into our destiny, into who we are supposed to be, how we're supposed to live in this world. But so many people, they don't see it. They would still be in New York, 
or they'd be wherever they'd be where you are right now in Nashville complaining Mm -hmm. about that when really that was the catalyst. Like had that not happened, you would still be hiding in a basement. And so when we see that these, these challenges and these hardships are doors into our destiny, they're doors into our, our, our generational narrative and heritage. And so you were right. You're like, well, you know, it didn't feel, you made the story sound like it's has so much valor and courage. It's like, well, I mean, we've all either read or watched the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We love, we love, I love that story. It's an incredible story. And what is the story of what, when you hear of Lord of the Rings, what, what comes to your mind? I'm terrible by the way, with story references. So the guy's name, um, I can never think of it, but anyway, he, he's Frodo. on Frodo. Thank you. He's on this search to find his destiny and he's got the ring and he's, he doesn't want, you know, all it's of an this. adventure, right? Right. right? It's all, this adventure. And he's, he's the sole proprietor of this thing that could break or loose all humanity. So, um, yeah. So it's huge. He's got a it's huge, huge story. <laughs> yep. Huge, huge role. It's like destiny. It's adventure. Your, your, you know, excitement. You know, this, I think the story, I don't remember the, I don't have the, the sheet in front of me. I don't remember the exact dates, but it, the, the journey lasts a little more than a year. The whole journey from beginning to end, it's a little more than a year. Okay. There's 50 days of action in that year. The rest of it is walking, hiding, walking, starving, walking, cold, walking. And then in those 50 days of actions, I'm sorry, millennials out there, right. you had one of those days and you're going to like, I need a, I need a vacation. That was, you know, you, you almost died. You're dead. Yeah. Like there's a goblin coming after you. Like we would need like five months of like deep, intense therapy and sozo and whatever else. Right. Right. But this is, but this is the thing we've skewed. We've skewed our idea of adventure when really adventure is hardships and challenges and mundane periods Mm -hmm. and seasons of grinding. And when we look at the Lord of the Rings, we see the adventure and the glory in it, not realizing actually it was boring most of the time. They felt like turning back most of the time. They were starving. And then when they weren't bored, they thought they were going to die and they were running afraid for their lives. Yeah, I can relate And so to that. when you say like, well, you know, you made the story sounds like it's so epic and awesome. It's like, well, actually, that's how you're, you're, when you tell that story to your children and grandchildren, that's how it's going to be heard. Wow, my grandma, my grandpa, they did this, this, ama- this story is so amazing. But when we're in it, when we're in the mundane, we don't see the glory that is found in the struggle, in the challenge, in the hardship. And that's, you know, I'm releasing my book in just two weeks. It's called Yay. Anchor the Discipline to Stop Drifting. And within that, I, I think it's the first chapter of the book where it's talking about embracing the mundane, embracing those hardships and challenges because it's in that. If we can learn to embrace those mundane grinds like you have, embrace the, the challenges and hardships and walk through those doors to walk towards our challenges, walk towards our fears rather than drawing back and shrinking back, that is where we step into purpose. That is where we step into meaning. That is where we step into um, what we're supposed to do. And that is what makes a great story. And we all want our lives to be great stories. 
which is why everyone's taking glam photos on Instagram, right? Yes. And we're all trying to pretend we're something we're not, <laughs> which yeah. I guess I want to hear your, because you are, you know, you, you talked about before um, the podcast I was just listening to before we started this call, you were talking about how we're all influencers. And so I always like to ask oh, yeah. um, people who like ourselves, you know, we're, we're so about maximizing our time here on this earth, but then 99% of the culture is scrolling through Instagram right now, probably while they're listening to this. Sorry to cut you off. If you're scrolling, go over to Lucas Scrobot and follow me. And then like all my photos as you're listening and then leave me a DM to say, I'm listening to the podcast right now and I'll get back to you. And then also go buy his book. And then go buy my book. <laughs> and well, I want to follow up again and, and do keep, all of keep that. Keep going. What was that question? So what Everyone's we, an influencer. Everyone's an influencer. Break that down to us. And secondarily, how do we... I think social media is a tool. So how do we properly use that tool? And how do you see it being misled? So first part, how are we all influencers? And second part, how do we use it properly? You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right. So the words that we speak, they actually carry energy, spiritual energy with them. Like even, I mean, I don't know what your, your audience is, but here in, in the Middle East, um, it's a very spiritual, very superstitious culture. You know, everything is, is linked to some sort of, you know, gin. There, a gin is in our context, in our Western context, we'd probably call it a spirit or a ghost or a demon, um, but it's kind of different in in their theology. So there's everything's a good gin, bad gin, everything's superstition. You know, you'd never call a kid cute because if you do, you're putting like the evil eye of Fatima on that kid, which is like this eye of jealousy. So that's why you see the hand with the eye. Yep. Like that is all superstition trying to ward off evil, bad spirits. So you'd always say like, mashallah, which is what God has willed to, you know, protect your thing. So every car has written on it, mashallah, which means what God has willed to keep the evil spirits away from their nice car. And so it's very, it's very like, if you're talking about something bad happening and then something bad happens to their family at the same time, they're going to relate it to like, well, you brought that bad spirit onto my family. You brought that bad luck onto my family. So it's a very superstitious, um, very spiritual culture. Um, and so with that, to frame that, I, th- I think most of America, even though we're so secular right now, we're so secular <laughs> and it's weird at the same time, everyone is like so superstitious. Everyone believes in, in Ouija boards and hexes and curses and demons and exorcisms. Like we're, we buy it all. And yet, you know, in our operations. And yet, you know, we get into the conversation, well, I don't actually know if that exists. God, yeah. But then they have like three stories of like when a, you know, evil spirit, when they heard a voice or something crazy or their, their demonic oppression at night, you know, it all happened. It, it, it's, it's so prevalent. So I'm, I'm framing it that way to then say, you know, there are, th- there are three different sources. There's the thoughts of God, there's our thoughts, and then there's demonic thoughts. You know, which ones are you thinking? And every thought that comes in is a Trojan horse. It's like that virus that you open the email and next thing you know, your computer's infected. Every thought has a program attached to it. And in the spirit realm, those thoughts actually have physical qualities. So when we take a thought, a thought, 
runs through our mind like it was in, in your car, you have the ability to say, ah, I, I reject that thought. I'm not going to receive that thought. Nope, I'm not going to think that thought. I'm going to believe in this instead. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what a hex is, this is like really spiritual right now. A hex is a word curse. So when you speak something over your child, oh, my kid is such a terror. Oh, he's just, you know, a hell child. Oh, he's just a devil incarnate. Oh, you know, you know, when we speak these things, oh, you know, you're never going to amount to anything. Why don't you act like your brother? Why aren't you more like your sister? When we speak these things, it's actually marking our children. It's actually marking the people around us. These things are what are called word curses or hexes. So they actually, in the spirit realm, for those who practice black and white magic and those who are, you know, spiritual, they know that actually when you speak a curse, it actually has power attached to it. Mm-hmm. Like it actually has an impact attached to it. So with that said, we are all influencers because we can all use our words to bless and to season people's lives with grace and kindness and patience and goodness to uplift people or we can curse. But here's the thing. Most people, they bless all their friends <laughs> in person and then behind their back, they curse them. Yes. They're gossiping. They're, you know, they're talking great about their tribe and then smashing the other tribe and saying, oh, I, you know, I like you, 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 not you, 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 you. Right. But the way that our, our spirits work is it's called brackish water. So brackish water is water that has, if you have 5% of salt or more in water, it's brackish, which means it's undrinkable, okay. undrinkable water. So when we have brackish speech, when we have 5% or more of our speech being negative, hurtful, word curses, gossip, it actually turns all of our speech into brackish and we lose power and authority to actually do good in the earth because we're too busy gossiping and we compromise our our own authority. And so then everything that we say is actually causing damage. So when I talk about, and I think I talked about that story about how when I was, you know, on that episode of Own the Future, I think it was episode, I think you said 14. Um, In the story, it's when I was, I don't know, seven, eight, someone spoke something over me and it stuck with me forever. And it wasn't until my sister you know, I would hang my head feeling like I'm a failure, thinking I'm a loser, having all these negative thoughts run through my head. And it was one day my sister, and I can re- remember, she's like, hey, Lucas, you know, we were living in overseas. We were coming back to, you know, I came from a class of like 27 into a class of 500 my junior year of high school, halfway through my junior year. And walking through these halls with my, my head hung down because like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know who I am. I'm a loser. And she said, Lucas, you you have to walk with your head up. Don't look down. You're worth something. And it stuck with me and it changed my life. Just just like two days ago, I was walking and I just remember, oh, in this meeting, I'm keeping my head up, keeping my chin up, not looking down. Why? Because I'm worth something. Because I believed a word that was spoken over me that had power and authority over the curses, over the lies, over everything that tried to undermine the authority of my life. So we have to choose. We have to believe which voices are we going to believe. And then when we come into alignment and we agree, you know, 
in, in Christendom, right, we have what's called the accuser of the brethren. Right. Well, so normally we think, okay, that's a demon or that's Satan, but the accuser of the brethren, well, Satan's not my brother, right? So who's the brethren? Other brothers and sisters, right? Other mm-hmm. people. So the accuser of the brethren is people who are accusing people. So the only way that, you know, this is again, very Christianese, the only way that demons or demonic forces, spiritual forces, this is very Christianese, um, has power and authority to affect people is by getting you to agree with the lie over someone else's life. Jenny's rejected. Yeah, she's, she's rejected. You shouldn't like her. You shouldn't hang out with her. You should push her away. You can feel that on people. When people have like oh, yeah. that rejection, you do not want to hang out with them because they have all this weird, needy stuff. You just like get me away. Right. But when we come into agreement with that, it reinforces those mm-hmm. lies over their life. And instead, we have to have authority to come over that and to speak life into them, to say something that, you know what? You are not rejected. You are, you're accepted. Well, actually, the, the reality of the world right now for Jenny is Jenny's rejected. But we have the ability in our words, in the, the things that we say, to actually declare a greater, author, a greater reality over Jenny's life and shift her life. Because I was walking through those halls and I was a loser. I should have been hanging my head. I had no reason to have my head held high. I had so much failure right? So much shame, so much guilt. But my sister spoke a word over me and, and released a different reality over my life that I came into agreement with. It didn't just happen. Wow. I came into agreement with it and I still have to come into agreement with that truth. So now to the second part of your question, social media is a tool. Social, this, where's my phone? <laughs> this right here, this right here is the the most powerful piece of technology ever created in the history of mankind. It is more than a tool. It is the printing press times 10 quadrillion, right? It is the most powerful gift that you have ever been given. Most powerful gift. And so we can use this to connect with a billion, two billion, three, four, five, six, seven billion people right now across the globe, like never before. The fact that I'm in Dubai and you're in America right now, right? Having this conversation, and then you, Betty, John, Karen, <laughs> Max, Ran, that you're listening to this right now, like it's a modern miracle. Yeah. Social media, it's a modern miracle, and the fact that we have this tool at our disposal for free should make us, one, really excited, and two, really scared. Right. Because are you going to actually use what you've been given? Are you going to steward this amazing, an incredible, incredible opportunity like never before to do what you're doing and building a business, connecting with people across the globe, communicating a message that you believe in, helping people, Helping people, help people, helping people create a legacy for their family? Or are you self-seeking, just lurking in corners, just hating on people's posts, just scrolling through Instagram, just being jealous of all your friends? You know, I like 
So many of us were just going through and comparing our lives to everyone else. And so we got to cut that out. We have to, we have to move away from consumption because that's the, the other thing with the weaver and the loom is that we are a generation that has become so, so consumption oriented. We're consuming books, consuming media, consuming Instagram, consuming this podcast, but we're not taking action on any of it. And the thing is, we need to be reconnected to our work. We have to stop consuming because we're become paralyzed with the information. So what do we say? I need one more book before I can take action. I should go to that one more conference. You know what? Instead of actually doing the work that I just heard on this podcast that I need to do or the one before it, I'm going to listen to another podcast. I'm not going to make that sales call. Right. I'm not going to write down my why. I'm not going to take action. Instead, I'm just going to consume, consume, consume. That leads to paralysis. But we need to break that consumption and begin to put our hand to the plow, to put our hand back to the loom to work because it's in the work that we unfold our story, that we unfold our purpose and our destiny. It's only through that action that we're able to discover who we are and what we're supposed to do. You're not going to get it from, you know, watching another Oprah Oprah Winfrey. (laughs) How do you say your name? Oprah or Edgar Tolley. You're not going to get it from Edgar Tolley's book. You're not going to get it from going to, to the next conference. You're going to get it by putting your hand to the loom and beginning to work it out. That's the only way it happens. What is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? I don't even know. That's like, I have no idea what my biggest pet peeve is. So my friend asked me, Sorry. This. no, you're fine. So my friend asked me, she says, what's your biggest pet peeve? And as I thought about it, I was like the lack of resourcefulness. When people mm-hmm. lack resourcefulness, it drives me insane. I literally, I, it just like causes me to be so upset at a, mm. a system or a person, not necessarily like I'm mad at you, but um, yeah. it's, it generally comes from generational, you know, how you were raised and, and the fact that you're not resourceful. But I was raised really resourceful um, because when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot. So I drove a 1989 Lincoln Town car and I waitressed. And you know what I mean? And it caught, it did two things. It caused a work ethic that was built into me that I'll probably never be able to shake. But then at the same time, it caused me to try to work for everything that I, that I want and, and work for, um, essentially work for affection. For me, when I, when I see people lacking that fervor, Mm. It it irritates me. And it's because I think either you don't believe in yourself or you tr- like either you don't believe in yourself, you're truly lazy or you really truly don't. There are people that aren't lazy that don't know what they're doing. But yeah. generally speaking, you see those people are working harder, not smarter. That I can work with. I can teach you how to work smarter. But when you're mm. just apathetically laying there and blaming everyone else, which we went that was what we were going back to earlier. The podcast was, you know, Victims. blaming people. Yeah, that victim mentality that irritates me. Um, and so I think that's it. Kind of ties back into what you were talking about. Not to go on a tangent there, but um, I I see that more often than not. And that's why when you started talking about taking action, I mean that yeah. is literally the reason for my existence. I'm pretty sure is just to push people to take action, even if it's the wrong yeah. action, even if even if you're scared and you don't even know what you're doing yet, just make the phone call. Just 
do the thing, walk up yeah. to the door, knock it, whatever your thing is that you have to do. Because I think once you take action the first time, you realize the next action isn't that scary. Once you screw up the first yeah. time, you realize, oh, I'm going to learn from that. But yeah. anyway, but I do love what you were saying also about influence on social media because, um, and I ask almost everyone that I, almost everyone that I've interviewed is an influencer on social media. And so I always ask them because being an influencer and having a podcast and, and having a following, I think we're more susceptible sometimes to, you know, comparing ourselves to each other or, or to the big, bigger, better person that we're inspired by. And so it's a very mm-hmm. fine, very fine line sometimes. So that was... Yeah, it's a fine line between... And I think the, the line is this, you know, comparison is always going to lead to, you know, it's never good. It will either lead to you feeling proud or it will lead to you feeling shame. And both, so if, if you're like, oh, I'm way better than <laughs> Johnny192, well, that's going to actually cause you to not work as hard. It's actually going to cause you to like not excel. And when you think, oh, well, you know, whatever, Instagram 284 is way better than I am, then I'm shame and it's going to keep me from actually producing great creative work because now I'm trying to match my work to someone's else, someone else's work. So comparison is never bad, but there is, I think, getting trusted people around us that can speak into our work and critique our work in a way that causes us to press forward and take more action in a more refined way, I think is way better than comparison. Um, It's really finding those trusted voices to speak into our life that we respect people that are bigger than us, that we respect, that we ask them to speak into our work, to criticize our work so that we can refine and pivot and iterate into a better product or better service or a better book or podcast, whatever it is that you're creating. Right. That's brilliant. I mean, this whole thing, I don't even know. What time is it where you are? It is... 903. Okay. So I want to respect your time. How can we find you? Tell us when the book's releasing. How do we get that? Yes. The book is releasing October 3rd. You can find it on Amazon and every place that Amazon distributes to. It'll also be on iTunes um, called Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. October 3rd, Lucas Scrobot, S-K-R-O-B-O-T. And I would love if you would come and subscribe to my podcast, Own the Future, every place that podcasts are found. It is a podcast where we, we, it's a podcast for change makers where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. And I have daily seven to 12 minute episodes called Weaver and Loom, where I talk about how we can weave our destiny, how we can own our stories, own our future, everything we've been talking about even here on this episode, I, I share a lot on those daily podcasts. It's been so fun. And I would love for you to join me there on the podcast. It'd be great. And, and they should. They absolutely should. You absolutely should. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I'm a highly critical person, mostly highly critical of myself. And, but I have heard 
from a lot of people that it is a really great podcast. So <laughs> I, I think it is. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have asked for an interview with you if I didn't think it was great. No, exactly. I think it's great. And then so um, Susan, Betty, Mark, Karen, Alex. Right now, I'm talking to you. Go and subscribe. Take action. Yes, and then take action with whatever you're supposed to take action with further. Yeah, um, yeah. And then social media, it's just at Lucas with L-U-C. At Lucas, yeah, L-U-C-A-S-S-K-R-O-B-O-T, Lucas, S-K-Robot, Lucas Robot. Find me, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, website, lucasrobot.com. Send me a message. I love getting messages from people. So message me. Don't lurk. <laughs> don't just stalk me. Don't stalk me. Don't stalk me, but don't lurk either. <laughs> okay perfect well thank you this has been this has been one i love this is yeah, a great conversation absolutely it's been really really fun got into some really deep interesting yeah. topics um super deep kind of intricate and i love that i love deep conversations like this so Same. this is a really fun format thank you right. for having thank you me. thank you i'm like dang you get it all branding spirituality like even social norms i love all of it so would you do me a favor and just pray for um, for us, for the people listening, just to solidify everything that we've talked about? Um, yeah. Yes. Father, we thank you that we have the ability to be here listening to this awesome podcast today. And we thank you more importantly that you speak words of life and power and destiny over our lives, that it's not based on what we do or what we achieve, but it's based on who you have knitted us to be in our mother's wombs, that you are the creator God, that you are our father who loves us, that cares for us, that gives to our every need, that we do not need to work anxiously in fear, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can rest in knowing that you are a God who provides for us. You are a God who cares for us. You are a God who, who sees when a bird falls to the ground, how much more are you going to see and care for each and every one of us? So God, I ask that you would allow us all to rest in peace and tranquility, knowing that despite what's going on in our life, despite the hardship, despite the trial, that you are the God that never leaves us or forsakes us. You are the God that's intricately involved in every detail of our life. And we ask that you would open our ears to hear your words of affirmation, that we, you, we would hear that we are, are sons and daughters who please you. Yeah. Not because of anything that we've done, but because of who you've made us to be. And from that place, God, I ask that you would infuse us with faith to take yes. action, to do the things that the purpose that you've placed in our life, that we would be able to know the times that we live in and we'd be able to take action accordingly to the things that you've placed us on this earth for. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Own the Future. I'm always so grateful to be able to spend this time together. And if you find yourself a little stuck in the mud during this COVID crisis, I highly recommend my book, Anchored, The Discipline to Stop Drifting. It is jam-packed full of elementary principles and ideas that really build a framework to help you 
order and organize your life, your goals, and the way to view what success, what fruitfulness is, and what a fruitful day is and a fruitful life is. Um, I highly recommend this book. I wrote it out of a time where everything was falling apart in my life, where everything seemed to come to a halt. All my metrics were out of reach. And so it helped me find my bearings, and I think it will help you find yours if you're in that place. Again, remember, my name's Lucas Grobot. You are a change maker, and if you own your story, you'll own the future. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by change makers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I'm your host, Lucas Grobot, and today I'm your guest again. This episode comes from the Yield podcast by Brooke Speaking, Brooke Payne, and she really, again, asked great questions. As you can tell from this preview clip that I played, we get really spiritual. I mean, we go off the deep end as far as spirituality goes and really opens um, a window, again, into things that I just, I never get the opportunity to talk about when it's just you and me. For some reason, when I'm getting interviewed, these things get pulled out like crazy. And this episode, man, we get we get in deep as far as spirituality, superstition, hexes, curses, word curses, um, and what we can do to not be a part of that system and actually get out of that trap, get out of that prison that so many of us find ourselves in, that bound in fear from these, uh, from from the spiritual realm. That's very real, very real. So please enjoy this episode of Own the Future and to all my friends here in the Khlij, Ramavan Karim. 